Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Another edition coming at you the after the Super Bowl edition of the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Something um, that most sports talk people, Sam, and, and sports fans looks to every year is that day after the Super Bowl and that week after the Super Bowl. It's been a couple of days that have gone by. We're now sitting here on Wednesday uh, after the big game. I just want to get your, as we mostly open up our podcast with, your reactions to the weekend's events and the you know definitely the Super Bowl. What you thought? Obviously, the Buccaneers, the first ever team to host the Super Bowl and play in their home stadium, and now the first ever team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Um, an amazing accomplishment for what this team was able to do from you know all season long. There was you know oh my gosh, do the Bucks suck? Oh okay, well now they're in the Super Bowl and now they won the Super Bowl. I just want to get your initial reaction. To the Bucks winning or the Chiefs losing, whatever angle you you want to take on this, because I think there's several that you can approach this with. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you got to give credit to the Bucks at the end of the day. Even as bad as that offensive line was, it it still deserved. They uh, uh, what's his name? The defense coordinator for the Bucks, uh, former head coach Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles put an excellent game plan out there to force Mahomes into these just kind of. Uh, I would say terrible throws, but yeah, at the same time, he made some pretty amazing throws that probably should have been should have been caught. But at the same time, it showed me the value of of an offensive line at the end of the day to show how much that changes the game plan. Because if uh, Pat Mahomes had Eric Fisher in there, I think we'd be talking about a different uh, game plan. Because if you have the left side uh, locked down with Eric Fisher, you can chip on the right side. Vita Vey is a little bit of worry. But you still give Mahomes a little bit more time, so maybe some of those serves would have gone differently. I think you got to give credit to the Bucks at the end of the day, but I think if Eric Fisher's in there, it changes the whole game. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but I mean the Buccaneers' defense was just good mm-hmm. all game long. I don't think that just missing a left tackle only makes you you know never get to the end zone and score three field goals. I don't mm-hmm. think he makes that. He does make a huge difference. But I still think, you know, if you have this great offense and this great team, uh, that you, you should have put up more points than you did. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, maybe it made a bigger difference than, than I thought. Um, but, yeah, the Buccaneers' defense, I think, was something that was underlooked and undervalued all season long. And that's the kind of that, – that's what's been the theme with Tom Brady's teams. I mean, when he was with New England – um, he always had great defenses, but it was Tom in the offense that, that did a majority uh, of the heavy lifting and that got the highlight reel. Um, and that's kind of what happened this year. The Buccaneers offense, I mean, they had Gronkowski. Antonio Brown came in uh, during the season. Chris Godwin. Uh, they had an amazing team, uh, Cameron Brait. And then the defense was there to supplement it, and that's what makes a Super Bowl winning team. Um, they were able to put all the pieces in place um, and really just come out and, and just win. Shout out to Bruce Arians as head coach too of the Buccaneers to take this team from from one year who was you know I mean they were just terrible to to this year being a Super Bowl winning team that shows you the Tom Brady effect and now I think we're getting into the conversation of okay did Belichick need Brady or did Brady need Belichick now it's looking more like Belichick needs Brady mm-hmm. because um, I think this year our eyes have been opened to how big of a game changer Tom Brady actually is. Yeah, and I think he was the X factor for the amount of years that the Patriots somehow made a playoffs with 11 and five with the most ridiculous receiving core with the most ridiculous 
um, defense just because they didn't want to spend the money. And when you have Tom Brady, you don't have to go out and sign a million guys. You don't have to. You don't have to sign the biggest name on the free agent. You can just get by with what you have and just just get by each season and somehow make the Super Bowl. Well, this shows you how much of a difference that Tom Brady had. And the jump from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, just adding that piece, just shows you. The the just how amazing Tom Brady is and what the Buccaneers were missing just one piece to be in this position because they went from what seven and nine to now a ten and, or well eleven seven with the Super Bowl one. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was pretty amazing what they were able to do this season. Mike Evans has already reached out to the Tampa Bay front office. He wants to restructure his deal to make sure they can keep this team intact. Um, which you know if if all you know for the most part all uh, players and personnel return. This could be a dangerous team next year. Um, now, I want, I want to get your opinion on this, Sam. Todd Bowles, who you know served some time with the Jets, now he's the D coordinator in Tampa. I think teams um, should look to him as a future head coach and maybe giving him a second chance in the league. Yeah, there were, there was uh, talks on Twitter. If the uh, head coaching search started after the Super Bowl, would Todd Bowles be given another chance? I think the answer is yes. I mean, he's the biggest, hottest free agent. He stopped Patrick Mahomes with or without a bad offensive line, whatever you want to call it. He got the job done, so I think his just uh, his market went through the roof. And what's going to be interesting is, do they give Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, a shot next year in the, the future? But what's interesting is I saw a report that uh, once Bruce, Bruce Aarons wants to return for this season, but after next season he potentially wants to be uh, to retire, and Todd Bowles would then be the the kind of head coach after that, which would be interesting, I think. So who knows if he gets more interest next season, but there's a potential that he could be the Bucks head coach in the next uh, after this next uh, season. Yeah, that's a possibility too. I mean, Bruce Arians is 68 years old. I think he's the oldest head coach to, to win, win a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl yep. um, uh, and definitely deserving him. He'll turn 69 in the middle of next season. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously retirement's probably on his mind. He, he got to to the Super Bowl and, and got him a Super Bowl ring. Um, but yeah, that, that's an interesting theory to have. You know, Todd Bowles kind of come up as as uh, coach to, to follow Arians. I, I don't know. You you brought up a good point there. If the if the head coaching search started after the Super Bowl, I don't understand. I mean, I get why it's why it starts right after the season. Mm-hmm. But why don't some teams just wait until you know after the Super Bowl they can take their time, they can interview some some Super Bowl uh, coordinators and mm-hmm. assistant coaches and whatnot before they rush into to hiring their next guy. I, I, I think, like, I, I agree with your point. I think it's just the fact that they don't want to lose out on their guy and be stuck with basically what the Texans are at with who, who who's even their head coach right now. It's, it's a joke of a hire. I don't think he's going to be around there for too long. I think that's the, the problem is people are trying to rush into things and trying to get their guy, and when they don't get their guy, they just – they just don't look at other options. They just do what's what's left, and it doesn't really turn out best for the team. Yeah, that that's uh, that's an interesting theory as well. Um, yeah, overall though, I, I thought the Super Bowl was uh, was fun to watch. I mean, obviously it was the Bucks and a landslide. Uh, any commercials that uh, that struck you as good or bad or ugly or. <laughs> I I'm a fan of the it wasn't me Shaggy Cheetos commercial. I I thought that was a classic. I thought that was funny. 
that that was my personal favorite from the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I gotta agree with you there. That was that was pretty good. I thought the Dolly Parton one, which she went five and nine, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all. I'm a big Dolly Parton fan, and that kind of that you know that just leave nine to five. Leave, just leave that song alone, you know. Uh, but I guess uh, the the paycheck will will push the will push the envelope there. Um, how about Tom Brady? How how many more seasons does does he have left, uh, or how many seasons does he want to have left? I think those are two separate questions that that he's going to be looking at here. I mean, if he could keep playing at what he did this past season, I mean, it's it's all up to him and the the. Um, his family and what he decides to do. I don't think anybody knows when he's going to retire. It, it sucks for the rest of the league and having to play against Tom Brady each year, but, hey, he just keeps winning. He keeps finding ways to make the Super Bowl. If you're Tom Brady, why would you stop? That's, yeah. yeah, it's a great point. I mean, he's living in Tampa and, you know, just chilling in Florida, having, having a dandy old time winning Super Bowls. It's not a bad way to, to live your life. Living with uh, – playing with uh, your friend and Rob Gronkowski – I mean, the the setups are good for Tom Brady. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, um, what, what he does in his future, what it will look like, um, because definitely Tom Brady is is probably the biggest game changer uh, in NFL history. When when you look at it, a broad scheme of things, the, the way he just transforms franchises, he leaves New England and they go what seven and nine, and, and he goes to Tampa and takes them from seven to nine to eleven and five in Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, one one um, takeaway I had I had this feeling throughout the Super Bowl that the Chiefs were always going to come back. I I never really gave up hope until those like last like five minutes, even though they were down by uh, twenty two or whatever the case. Pat, like, didn't you just have the sense that the Chiefs were going to come back, but they just never had the chance? They certainly had their chances to. Like, they were down 19. Pat Mahomes made that um, incredible sidearm throw. Tyree Kill it hit off his face mask and dropped to the ground. I just never lost hope, and it was it was disappointing to see because this game, I think, could have been a lot closer than the score told you. Yeah, you're exactly right. I was sitting there. I was like, okay, well, now they're up, you know, 21 to 6. Okay, but, you know, it's still – a two-score game. I, I, I'm with you. I never gave up hope. I, I thought there was a big chance for a comeback. Let's, let's talk about the Chiefs for a little bit because it's interesting. They go back uh, to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row, um, and, and it was talked before, you know, going into to the game that if if Pat Mahomes is able to take down Tom Brady in in the league's biggest game, that he will be, cons- you know, he'll be he'll jump Tom Brady for that goat status, back-to-back Super Bowl champs taking down. Um, the the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, what is what is the overall uh, kind of league perception on Pat Mahomes now? Um, I think a lot of people have have gone to to bash him and and kind of blame him for for the loss. But uh, what what is your look at, at Pat Mahomes now you know, that he got to the league's biggest stage for the second year in a row, but lost to Tom Brady and couldn't repeat? I I think it's a it's a matter of respect. I I think. From watching what the Bucks receivers, I don't know whether you saw it on Twitter, they said he was just a magician. I think that just his legacy just grew even with that loss. Just how amazing he is and how gifted he is. Like some of the throws, even in completion, he shouldn't have been hitting. Whether it's getting tackled by Devin White, whether it's getting chased by Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaquille Barrett. It was amazing just the ti- just the space he was creating, the time he was creating, the throws he was able to make that he shouldn't have been able to make. And I think even with that loss, people are respecting Patrick Mahomes even more, even if the, the fans on Twitter aren't. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think he's obviously going to be back. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Um, he, I think he will continue to grow this Chiefs dynasty, and it will be great. Um, and they have a really good chance to get back to the Super Bowl next year. Um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, he, he's a, he was a magician on the field. Some of those throws, you know, just, I mean, it shouldn't be even legal for that to happen. Uh, but but you have a bad game. I mean, we're forgetting that earlier in the season, the Chiefs went to Tampa and beat them by three. Um, and we know how hard it is to beat a team twice in a season. So um, we're, we're, we kind of for, forgot about that. Um and uh, how that happened. Some of the biggest uh, prop bets from the weekend, the Gatorade dumped on Bruce Arians was blue. Kind of surprised. I, I didn't uh, take that. Um, I thought that if if the Gatorade, if I was going to bet on the Gatorade color, I'd choose like red because of like mm-hmm. the Buccaneers. But that was, uh, that was a prop. It was blue Gatorade. Um, and uh, what, what were some of the other big prop bets? Coin toss. Uh, the coin toss was heads. Uh, Mahomes had under his passing. National yards. anthem. National anthem. I don't what it ended up. It at. was like two fifteen, two sixteen. Okay. Yeah, because I know I know some sports books have taken that wager off. Like I think FanDuel didn't have that wager um, because the inside information that you can get beforehand uh, is is kind of uh, uh, gives you a little mm-hmm. bit of advantage. I saw a video from Barstool. This guy uh, was standing outside Raymond yeah. James Stadium when they were practicing on like Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. and timing it. So I think some sportsbooks did away with that prop. I, bet. I thought Demi Lovato was supposed to sing the national anthem. I could have been wrong. It, I, I got to be honest, with you, I was not. I was not. I was actually in the car mm-hmm. when the national anthem happened. Who? Who? I I don't sang? even remember. It was like uh, two different p- people. I thought I thought Demi Lovato. Was supposed to sing that the uh, national anthem, but I could have been wrong. Oh, it was Jasmine Sullivan um, at the Super Bowl? Yeah, I believe. Um, yeah, I was not actually uh, in. I was in the car in transit. It was uh, yeah, Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church, mm-hmm. um, country music singer Eric Church, on the national anthem. Um, but yeah, so those were some of the biggest prop bets. All right, Sam. You got to pick a Super Bowl winner for next year. Who's it going to be? You know, gun to your head. You got to pick one to to get to the big game and to win it all next year. Who is it going to be? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. I I like to I like to I like to switch things up. I don't necessarily like to go with the favorite. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens to make the Super Bowl. I think the easy call would to be the pick the Chiefs again or the Bills. I'm gonna go with the team who who has steadily improved from last season, who got their first playoff win this past season, in the Ravens. I like their chances. I like what Lamar Jackson has done. Obviously, he's got a solid back in J.K. Dobbins, and that defense is just unbelievable. I think they can build on this year, move into be- bigger and better things, and make a run next year. That's a that's a that's a bold pick. I think the AFC next year you're gonna have the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens up there battling for that top spot. I don't I don't mind the Ravens pick. I think it's a good one. Um, you know, there I think there is kind of a sense of urgency in Baltimore. Okay, you know, um, to a couple of years ago we were you know we were there, and then the Titans came in and shocked us, and then this year um, we lost again in the playoffs. So. 
Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a sense of urgency in in Baltimore. Um, if I was going to pick a winner, um, the NFC won it this year. The AFC won it last year. Keep up that trend. I don't know. Um, I feel like there's some good teams in the NFC, but I feel like the AFC is a little um, has that has that advantage right now. Even though the Bucks did just win the Super Bowl, if I had to pick today a Super Bowl winner for next season. Um, I'd like to say the Colts if Andrew Luck came back, but that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, that's um, I, I would have to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think uh, I think they're one or two pieces away. They could pick them up either in the draft, maybe even free agency. Um, I think Sean McDermott has the coaching ability and know-how to to uh, win a Super Bowl. So that's who I would go with for my Super Bowl um, pick for next year. I, th- I think it comes down to whoever can be Patrick Mahomes. I think that's what, what it comes down to. It definitely could be the Bills, it could be the Ravens, or it could be the Chiefs again. But it's just going through Kansas City. It seems like for the next however long Pat Mahomes is going to be in the league, doesn't it seem like every year it's just a given that the Chiefs are going to be, going to be at least in the AFC Conference Championship? Yeah, I, you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see this AFC, they're very talented from you know one through about five, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the Colts could be there too with the right quarterback. I mean, it, yeah. it is. I mean, it, that's literally what it is for the Colts mm-hmm. as a quarterback. We but think. It, it's 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 all down to we we've seen ten quarterbacks thrown out that the Colts could get. It's it's we we can only go with who they pull the trigger with and we can throw Russell Wilson's unhappy with his offensive line we can throw Aaron Rodgers is out or out there Matt Ryan's a possibility Carson Wentz but at the end of the day it's only who we have or and who we get yep. and until that happens it, it's a scary situation that the Colts are in cuz we have the cap space and the the, the uh, capital to do it it's just about Chris Ballard going out and actually doing it yeah, you're exactly right. And it could be Mac Jones at number 21. It could be. So, or moving up in the draft, I've also heard that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think those are all possibilities. We're going to see. I was, I was saying it was going to be Carson Wentz last week. This week I'm kind of like, well, they might just go to the draft and get it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what the, what the Colts end up doing. Let's just talk about some college basketball, Sam. It's obviously been a weird year. We talked about it last year. You know, the Blue Bloods are not in the – in the in the top 25, there's there's some new new bloods, if you will, um, that that are taking hold. Texas, Texas Tech, Gonzaga, obviously, who's been there for the past couple, um, you know, six or eight seasons. Um, the, there's been some some shuffling going on. I got a trivia question to open up our college basketball discussion. So, the 13 winningest programs in Division One history are all currently unranked in the latest AP poll. I would give you a dollar if you can name ten of them. Okay. Ten of the thirteen. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down on our Google Docs. So I'm gonna say Duke. Okay. Yep. That's I'm gonna one. say I'm gonna say UCLA. Yep. I'm going to say Kansas because yep. I remember that. Yep. Four. I'm gonna say North Carolina. Okay. North Carolina. These don't have to be in order from top to bottom. No, just, no, just I'm, I'm just uh, so another blue blood. That's tough. IU. Yep. IU. Okay. Number six. Ooh, this is this is, this is where tough. it gets tricky. Like I was looking through and I was like, oh, I bet I bet Sam can't get ten of them because you get to these final three or four and they're kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't necessarily expect them to be there. 
I'm gonna go with a bold one. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin. No. No. Okay. Oh, this is this is where it gets this is where it gets challenging. I'm trying to think. I will give you a hint. There is no other Big Ten team in the, in the top. Okay. Okay. It's the only hint you're getting. I see. I'm trying to think. SEC. Alabama's ranked. Kentucky. I already said Kentucky, right? Or, oh, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. They, they are number one. They're okay. the number one okay. winningest team. So I got six so far. Yeah. Um. Yeah, one, two, yeah, three more. Three more? Shoot. I'm trying to. Oh, yeah, four more. Four more. I'm going to go with USC. No. No. USC is not on the list. There's a lot of Big 12 teams ranked. Yeah. But, I mean, some of these teams, their successes were within, you know, kind of like eight or ten years ago is where they got these wins to move into the top 13. Syracuse. That is one of them. Oh! Okay, so I need two more. Two more. So I got Syracuse. I'm trying to think of all the Blue Bloods. The, the Ge- final Georgetown. Three, no, the final Ooh. three aren't really Blue Bloods in college. Basketball. Um, oh, it's football. Some are, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Some of them, they're, they're successful. Wait, are you sure there's no more in the Big Ten? Because I was going to say Michigan State. There is, no, there is no more wow. in the Big Ten. IU is the only team in the top 13 mm-hmm. of uh, winning its program to D1 history. I'm going to... Th- it's gonna tough. Th- I, I would Oklahoma not. State. No. Oklahoma. No. Yeah, I don't know. All right. The ones you were missing were Temple. Okay, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have got that. Temple, Nutter Dame... Is number that eight makes sense and St. John's was who just lost to Butler makes yep. sense. Yep, I I wouldn't have got those last three. The other uh, th- the other um, the other three that are in the top thirteen are Arizona, Utah, and Cincinnati. Arizona. Yep. I should have thought of Arizona because they always lose in the NCAA tournament. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that was kind of interesting that I saw. Um, yeah, th- those teams are all currently unranked. We had Duke and Kentucky last weekend. They played. They were both unranked for the – I mean, that has to be the first time in, mm-hmm. in forever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, college basketball is going to be interesting. Um, when you look at, at kind of the, the upcoming schedule, there's some good games um, on the schedule. And, and I think um, we're going to get into, you know, kind of the heart of the season here in February's Pretty much where we, you know, determine who who is uh, who is big and who is not. When you look at the Big Ten, Sam, who who do you have uh, in that in that conference? Because I mean, there's three or four or five teams that that could really win it all when you when it comes down to the end of the season here. Yeah, I think I think the easy call would be to say Michigan. They're just so dominant overall. I like Illinois, and I like as as my I, I personally my favorite. It like if. It came tournament time would be Ohio State. I just like the fold of that team. Uh, it doesn't hurt that their uh, head coach is a former Butler head coach. I like what Ohio State's doing. I don't think Iowa. I was just lost at spark from the beginning of the season, falling down to seven and five. I think it really is going to come down to Michigan. It, it, if the uh, in the Big Ten postseason tournament, I think Michigan has a clear path to win the regular season. But if the postseason started right now, I'd say Ohio State has the best chance to win it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Yes, they, they've been very good, 10-4 in the conference. they got the most wins in the conference. 
Um, but but you mentioned Iowa. I think they're still there. I, I don't think all hope is lost. I mean, they started the season really, really strong. But I don't think all hope is lost for Iowa. Um, I mean, they took down UNC, who turned out to be bad. They lost uh, only by um, 11 to Gonzaga. Um, and then they've had some really good wins in the Big Ten. But I don't think all hope is lost for them. They've lost their last two. Uh, they just lost to IU, the, you know, the season sweep um, that, that IU completed on them. But they got a schedule that, that can set them up um, for success. Rutgers at Michigan State and at Wisconsin is their next three. So I don't think all hope is lost for Iowa. I think when it comes to Big Ten tournament time, they could make a run in that. Um, but, but they're not my pick, you know, you know, if the tournament started today to win. Uh, I think I would have to go with either Illinois um, or potentially Wisconsin. I think Illinois is really good this season. Uh, just what they've been able to do uh, when you look at, at their schedule. They've won their last four, um, including a blowout win against Wisconsin um, and a blowout win against P- uh, Penn State. They took down uh, Iowa and they beat IU. So, yeah, I think Illinois has got a really good resume in the Big Ten, and they can be dangerous come tournament time, especially the rest of their schedule sets them up, I mean, really uh, for for some really good wins, and they could, uh, you know, just go on a tear here at the end of the season. Their game at Michigan got postponed, but then they play at Nebraska, who's 0-7 in the conference. Northwestern is unranked. Minnesota's who unranked, and, and Michigan State, who's unranked. But... Then again, it is the Big Ten, and any team can beat any team on any given night. So yeah, you just never know. I, yeah, I think it, it's especially important to mention that the, the the tournament's being moved to Indianapolis like it was uh, for like 20 years in a row. So I think that plays into a big factor. And I, I have to give credit to IU. I didn't really think that they would get it done against Iowa. Now, they did beat them earlier in the season at Iowa, but I just didn't think they would get it done. Shout out to them for um, increasing their resume because every win being 10 and 8 and below 500 in conference matters. And you got a game against Northwestern tonight, I believe at 530, and then a game against Ohio State. So these next two games are going to be critical to to boost your um, tournament resume. And then the last three you got against at 25 Rutgers versus three Michigan and at Purdue to, to finish the regular season. So these, these next, what is that, seven games are going to be crucial for IU. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. All right, Sam, before we head out today, uh, we got to get back to our lock it down, something we've done all throughout the NFL season, two picks every week. Um, and we did two picks for the Super Bowl. Sam, congratulations. You are the winner, 21-19. and 19. Not the best record. I finished at 20-20. and 20. Um, Above I kind of struggled at the end. I had a great start, struggled at the end. Above 500. And it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish at the end of the day. the Falcons know that very well. Exactly. I kind of had an Atlanta-type start to the season. I think I was like 10-5 and at one point. Hey, and for the podcast that started 20-20, and you got 20-20. Is that not fitting? started in 2020, finished at 2020 in my picks this year. It's interesting. Hmm? I don't know. But congratulations, Sam. You you obviously uh, have the better eye for good picks. We both went uh, 1-1 at our Super Bowl picks. Uh, Sam, you had Mike Evans over 63.5 receiving yards. That did not hit. Daryl Williams, though, for the Chiefs, under 29.5 rushing yards. Did that hit? I had Mahomes, the first quarterback, to be sacked. And I thought, you know, uh, left tackle problems, Eric Fisher. Wasn't the case. Tom Brady ended up being the first one sacked. And then I had Kelsey over 98.5 yards. That uh, hit. Kelsey was a 
uh, absolute dog in in the playoffs. I thought that there was a lot of value in him going into the game. I thought that Mahomes would rely on him a lot, especially with the left tackle being out. Kelsey's there for them check downs a lot uh, more times than not. So I uh, was able to, to hit that, but nevertheless, finished at 500 on the season. Not terrible. Not making money, not losing money. So yeah. there you go. I, I think I think to your credit, even though he wasn't the first quarterback to be sacked, he was definitely sacked a lot, definitely a lot more than Tom Brady. So you got a little bit unlucky there, but I thought they would have used Mike Evans a lot more than they did, but they didn't have to. I mean, Tom Brady found right. his other weapons. Gronkowski scored two touchdowns. Antonio Brown scored that other touchdown. Playoff Lenny showed up in the Super Bowl. They didn't really need Mike Evans, and to their credit, they, did, they didn't even need really Chris Godwin either for that. Got anything else, Sam, before we head out on this lovely Wednesday? Uh, shout out to West Virginia for being a uh, seventh-ranked Texas Tech team yesterday. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, Chris Beard getting two technicals in the matter of five seconds was fun to watch. They needed a, a big win, and they, they proved why that they should be in the top ten again. Yeah, West Virginia, very, very good team. Uh, they're they're going to be dangerous come tournament time as well. Bob Huggins uh, yep. will be getting, getting things done over there with yep. the Mountaineers. All right, follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk. It's where you can find all the latest episodes and whatnot there. For Sam Thelman, I'm Grant Covey. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next week.